This is the Tar Life Podcast from Team Anderson Realty. Thank you for joining us. My name is Erica Anderson with Team Anderson Realty. I own the firm and I have some incredible people that are with us. Christy Gearhart. She is our staff supporting agent within the firm. She's one of our staff members and she has a background that we'll talk about in a little bit that goes into what we're talking about today. We have Melody Tate and Joshua Vick, their top producers. We have a lot of fun at Team Anderson Realty. And so Melody was nice enough to gift me a skydiving adventure. Last now, year, I'm, terrified. I'm terrified of heights. Terrified. I mean, I'm talking like I've had <laughs> nightmares about falling. But I she, just saw you jump off a cliff into the water. Yeah, okay, yeah. jump off a cliff. Anyway. So she yeah. buys this for me, and I'm like, you know, I'm just—it's kind of cold. We're gonna—we're gonna wait till it's warm. And I finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna do this. And so Jennifer, my friend Jennifer, she's gonna be going with me, and she always knew she was gonna go. But I was like, you know what? I really think I should gift Melody this experience too, because I know that she was so generous with this. And so uh, I called her up, and she may have had one or two cocktails, oh, and so well. she agreed. I agreed at the wrong and then, time. And then she tried gonna, to say that she was mistake. not going to do it, and I said, no, like, you're not going to go to the Amazon. Mm-hmm. So what oh, we well. do is top producers in our firm, do we just have fun trips? So we do either, like, excursions. We went to Puerto Rico. Christy and I went to Puerto Rico with two of our other top agents, and so... Melody joined us on our Ireland, Greece, and Egypt excursion. And so I told Melody, I was like, you can't ride, can't ride with me unless you do the ride or die scenario right now. I was like, do you want to feel what it's like? Die or die. I was like, you want to feel what it's like to plummet to the earth? Like if a rock were to be thrown out of an airplane? She was like, no. So just a few days, this maybe. And she asked if I... My husband was going to be watching with the children. I said, no, because if there's a, yeah, if something happens, and she was like, at it. well, so, okay, I scheduled this. And what's the funny thing is my mom, I was like, hey, mom, do you want to watch me? And she goes, no. Do you not remember the story that I told you when I was younger and I watched oh, my yes. dad go skydiving, which is her father. My grandfather died when she was 17. So I never knew him, but apparently he was a skydiver and I forgot this. And he jumped out of the airplane and the other guy did. And my mom was probably like six or seven or whatnot. And she was like, this other guy, he just started, he just kept falling from the sky. And she was like, and his parachute didn't open. And she was like, and I remember thinking like, should he just like parachute up? And she was like, and everybody was just staring at this guy. And then she was like, well, suddenly he just went, he just slammed, like slammed oh, into the earth. And she said, he lived. She goes, but he broke every bone in his body. He lived. He lived. I don't know how, how he lived. I don't know about possible. that. Did you know, though, That's somebody impossible. else lived. It was a woman from skydiving, but she fell in an ant pile. And oh, just the, kill me now. And biting her kept her adrenaline pumping. Are you kidding? And it kept her, her blood pressure up what? high enough. What it had you been something that slowed them down. Yeah, you can't jump out of a plane, no way. land on the ground, and yeah, live. There's no there way. has to be something else at no. Have you heard about the woman that had a gotten an airplane crash and she fell in the jungles and she was the only person that lives? Like, yeah, she, but that's the plane but, coming down, crashing yeah. close to the land. Yeah, we're falling. talking no, no, no. Yeah, like, of feet I think she fell out. So it had a cabin that ripped open and some people ripped like she was one of those people that it wasn't crashing into the jungle. I think she like flew out of the airplane, but she lives I too. Even like to think and welcome about to the that. Jungle Book. That's how we made oh the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but have a fifty-fifty chance it's, of making it. It's fly or die. Based on Erica's story, it goes to a listing appointment. They're going to be like, "How brave are you, Melody? Oh, I'm super brave. I will jump out of an aircraft for you. I will make sure that we land this safely. Enjoy your flight. So I'm be at the bottom just. Watching you. And I'm like, you know what? YOLO. As I'm getting YOLO. older. Hello. I've older, just realized. You're like, what? 37. Okay. I'll be 38 you're in a couple good. days. You're good. I'm 42. I'm 32. Melody's going to be the two Oh, this year. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. So but fun. we're going to do, hopefully, the Amazon, too. 2023. Salem. Oh, yeah. We have to do Massachusetts. There's a lot Salem. of fun stuff to, I think, we're going to start doing as a whole group, too. I oh, think. yeah. Joshua has a lot of stuff planned. Just a us. lot of stuff. Even just like all of us getting stuff. together, hiking, just something that Team we Anderson can Realty all, does normal things, yeah, too. just have fun and have that, you know, bonding. That we means a lot. We did that gun. Oh, yeah, We yeah, did, yeah, like, yeah. with a, a police officer, yeah. retired police officer, and I accidentally shot a table. 
And so he said I was the first person to ever do that. And I have my concealed carry, so I have a lot of faith in my Mm. abilities. But yeah, we're going to do hiking. and There's a lot of stuff we'll come up with. We love our people and we love where we live. We just like, you know, you got to live life. You can't be in this bubble and you can't be boring. And I think that's what makes us so fun is Joshua has this crazy cool background in Hollywood. And who is it? E? I think that. You did a lot with E. Warner Brothers. Warner I did, Brothers. I did the show Extra. Extra, mostly. that's what yeah. it was. I think being in Hollywood for 15 years, I got all of my thrills out there. You already there. did that. So I know I'm now like, it's my turn. Yeah, I'll let you guys do all that stuff because I do <laughs> I all that crazy stuff. I think my husband probably thinks I'm crazy. Now that I have my kids, I'm like, ah. Anna's like, out. you need to be a <laughs> bitch. My adventurous is going to like a bar and getting... A glass of wine because I don't drink at all. Two glasses and he's really in one. Shirt's coming off. That's my thrill right there. (laughs) I'll stick it to that. But I would love to watch you guys do all this. We'll crazy get it. Stuff. We got a video coming. <laughs> if we, I can film it. That I that no, I know we did. We did get video. Yeah. yeah. What? Well, on our next podcast. We will maybe insert some maybe, of that video. if you're here. If we're here. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> or you can go on our social media. Instagram I feel like in life, you have to just do different things. Otherwise, you, you just don't live. live it. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to live. And if you've done it already and you feel good about it, then I support that. But if you want to roll with me and have even more experiences. <laughs> I feel like I can do that now because my kid's grown. So now I'm living like, it up all the adventure. As yeah. I get older, I'm like, I never was crazy when I was younger. I was mm-hmm. super conservative. I'm a rule follower. Like, I'm just not crazy. But I do like pushing the boundaries of how comfortable I am with certain things. This is the Tar Life Podcast from Team Anderson Realty where we talk about all things real estate, give a behind-the-scenes peek of the adventures of buyers, sellers, and agents. Get tips and tricks as a home buyer, a home seller, or listing agent. We put the real in real estate. And now your host, top producing mega agent, Erica Anderson. We want to go over a little bit about how this housing market and what we're going into is different than it was in 2008. The housing market slash recession that we were in prior is nothing like it is now, although they're going to be labeled sort of the same way. And so we're going to lead into that by talking to Christy about what she actually did prior to her career with us behind the scenes in real estate. What did you do in what years? What was your title? So I was a fraud analyst for Freddie Mac, and I was there from up until 2006, I believe, is when I left. I was there for seven years. Mm-hmm. And we had a small division there. It was the fraud department, and we would investigate all different types of mortgage fraud. And a lot of the things that we saw leading up to the 2008 collapse were a lot of illegal property flipping. Flipping is not illegal inherently, mm-hmm. but when you buy a property for, say, $150,000, and the next day you sell it for $300,000. Now, are you saying that those people got the loan with the intention to live in it, but then they flipped it, or they, yeah, were, they, they were labeling it as You investors. had a straw buyer involved, which is just a person off the street who you're, you're using their credit and their oh. name to purchase the so property. So they're like a puppet. Yeah, they're a puppet, The face of it. And you're buying you're paying them maybe like a 500 bucks, 1000 bucks oh. to put their name to this transaction. You always have to have an appraiser involved. And generally, a lot of times a mortgage lender is involved too. So they'll buy a property and within, sometimes it was 24 hours, sometimes it was up to a week, they would flip the property for generally double what they paid for it without putting obviously any work into it. Because what it was, years well, is that the most active? I would say from early 2000s okay. up until 2000. Eight. Yeah, because um, that's when it just like everything collapsed yes. in 2008. So yes. these were going on behind the scenes, which yeah. is part of it. That definitely contributed to the collapse mm-hmm. of the market. Generally, though, the thing that most contributed to the collapse was the borrowers taking out loans that they could not pay back. Mm. There was such an oversaturation of the market. There were way more homes on the market than buyers 
they were doing interest only loans as well, right? Yes. Where they where they could make a payment that was interest only, but they never had any true equity in the yes, home. Yes, there were a lot of predatory lenders going on at the time. So a lot of these borrowers were completely unsophisticated, had mm-hmm. no idea what they were signing They just up looked for. at the payment. They were told, hey, your payment's going to be $1,000 a month without mm-hmm. knowing in two to three years that payment's going to balloon up to like $4,000 a month. They just didn't know. They weren't sophisticated enough. They weren't. Wow. And underwriting at that time was kind of like non-existent. Like you could just put anything through because it was the, you know, everybody gets a home. It was was probably like buying a car, right? Because when I bought a car recently, I just said, okay, this is my income. And they pulled my credit. But they never verified. And I know in certain circumstances, I do think that they verify, but they did not for me. And I was surprised that they didn't because how do you know what, you know, even though it's a car, it's still a mortgage size payment sometimes or close to it. How do they know? And I'm assuming that back in 2000, the early 2000s and mid, that that's what happened. Yeah, they were even, they were called Nina loans, no income, no asset. You didn't have to show a single thing, nothing. They were literally giving loans to anybody. Bad credit, no credit. Everybody got a loan. Everybody got a home. So it was like, it was just crazy time. It was like the wild world there. Yeah, It was nuts. And what happened too was borrowers were borrowing more than the value of the home. So traditionally, like historically, it's been an 80-20 LTV. Mm -hmm. So this is like since mortgages began, right? So you've been wanting to... You've been wanting your borrowers to put down 20% and they have 80% they own the home. Yes. Well, now they're borrowing up to 115% of the value of the homes. Immediately they're underwater. And the bank's yeah. underwater, not just the lender, the borrower. Why were the banks not, in your opinion, why weren't they worried about their portfolios? Because that was the subprime mortgage boom. They made so much money off of people defaulting oh. on loans that they knew they could not pay. That was the whole basis for the stuff. So how did they make that money? Because during foreclosures and stuff, they would just get that Wreck money. on all these yeah. fees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, they're paying only interest loans. So mm-hmm. yeah. every dime that they're paying is it's literally going interest. to the bank. Well, yeah. and that's exactly. the thing, too. So they made good money, but the ones mm-hmm. that didn't, they ended up going under as well. It, you know, even if you if you feel like you want to make a payment, and you want it, you're like, I'm going to get this interest-only loan and I'm going to pay more than just the minimum. I am, you know, it's hard for people, in my opinion, or it would be for me too, to just say, you know what, I'll do that next month. I'll make the interest only right now. Whereas when you buy today, you have to make whatever you have, you know, whether it's a 15-year mortgage or a 30-year, for the most part, it is a fixed interest rate mortgage. They have changed that a little bit. But for the most part, like you're not going to have an issue with. Yeah. Well, back then, like there were 13 million adjustable rate down. mortgages. 13 and million. Yeah, today, crazy. there's only like one and a half million. So yeah. that's a huge like difference. And they're probably different because they don't they're not upside down. Right. Exactly. They're not upside yeah. down for a couple of reasons. Number one, the banks are not letting you borrow more than the value of the home. On average, it's a six percent down payment. On average that people are putting down on their homes. And we saw at Team Anderson Realty and a lot of other firms in the area, especially in the Triangle, over the last year of a lot of money above asking price with appraisal addendums that they were going to bridge the gap in appraisals. The difference is it's not the lender bridging that gap. It's the borrower, the home buyer. They are coming with that money out of pocket. So that's not going to put them immediately underwater. Yeah, even if they overpay, they have equity. Because, yeah, they have that equity. and the that money is not being owed to anybody else. It's money they just threw on the table. Uh, yeah. And so when you guys, so Melody and Joshua, they're top producers in the firm. They do the majority of the listings. What do you, Melody, see when you have sellers in the triangle area? What do you see in terms of their equity? Like, do you see that for the most part, the people that you're listing have, what would you say, 30% equity or more? Yeah. Definitely. I'd say around 30%. And have you had anybody in the last three years that needed to bridge any type of gap between, you know, paying their closing costs and selling their home? And No. Okay. No. Everyone's usually got, they're at least breaking even at this point. Even if they're under the two years and they've got some sort of capital gains, they're still breaking even and walking away with money. 
I haven't. And sometimes divorce could be a reason for that. Absolutely. It's not like they can't afford their mortgage payment or whatnot. A lot Mm -hmm. of people in this area have equity in their home. And that's the difference is some people or most people, when they had to sell their home, they couldn't even break even. And I noticed that when I was selling houses in 2009, 10, 11, there were only small pockets in this area that didn't have equity. And it was these little areas within the triangle that I feel like people just purchased incorrectly. Like they just weren't popular. There's just these little off Bass Lake. There's this, I think it's like Carrington Estate. It's, it's one of those. And it was a beautiful community, but it didn't have the amenities that a lot of buyers were looking for. And so it had a harder time when we were kind of coming out of that slump selling. And those were the people that a lot of them had to, you know, bridge some gaps, but it still wasn't crazy. What do you think, Joshua, the differences between the Triangle area and other parts of the nation economically? I definitely can speak on that, being licensed in California as well. That was a completely different animal. San Jose, you know, you had some homes up there that were literally 400,000. And then all of a sudden, when all the tech companies rolled in, they ballooned up to 1.2 million. Crazy. And I'm like, wow, this house. Do you see is that happening here? Yes. So, this being the number two market in all the United States for tech, now that we have all these places coming, you know, like Google and, and Apple, all these people, I guarantee you're going to have tons more that yeah. are eventually going to come here. When that happens, you will see a, a balloon here. I don't think it's going to go crazy like mm-hmm. it did in San Jose, but you will see a very good uptick in prices. So, it does help us where other markets kind of may fade. If and in a bad market, I don't really see us fading. This I see us holding pretty Silicon strong. Valley, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have pharmaceutical, we've got tech, we have all different types of, I think it was at the Amazon warehouse and yes. Gardner. Yes. They have a ton of that stuff. So that will always, Fuji always Fujifilm and Holly yep. Springs. Yep. You've got a lot coming to Holly it's Springs. A lot of growth too. here. Yeah. It's when you have growth like that, it's kind of inevitable. You're going to have growth in your home prices, too. I feel like you were also on the West Coast, but I feel like the areas that had the most issues with the last housing collapse were tourist-driven. It Correct. was Nevada, Because you don't have tourists going anymore. Beaches, beaches, yeah, beach yep, areas. Absolutely. People just weren't going out as There's much. There's none to sustain Less it demand. There. Correct. The housing prices went down. And a lot of people, you know, my grandfather had a house and he used to, when he retired, he would buy houses, he would live in them a few years, and then he would resell them. And that's what he would live off of. And my father went in, he put $50,000 down with my grandfather for this primary residence that my grandfather was in. And when the housing market collapsed, he was in a beautiful home. He could not sell it. He ended up having to rent it and the tenants destroyed this beautiful Mm. home because my grandfather got older, his wife died, and he couldn't live in there any longer. And he ended up having to just let it go into foreclosure. But it it really bothered, you know, my father was really cool about it because he didn't want to stress my grandfather out. He was just kind of one of those things where he took that risk, he accepted it, and he ate that money. But my grandfather really bothered him that that my father had put that money down to kind of help him. And then he lost it. But it was just that was such an eye-opening experience for me because I physically went to that home. I saw how beautiful it was. You know, he actually had equity as well. But that was one of those weird circumstances where it was that the area that it was in. Was that the one in Los Gatos? No, no. This was Arizona. Oh, it was okay. like Scottsdale area oh, of Scottsdale's Arizona. Oh, ballooned up right yeah. now too because yeah, so much it has went gone back there. Up. It used to be, yeah. It was so Touristy areas, if the economy collapses and things start happening, what do people not do? Trouble. Yeah, exactly. So you, if you don't have something to sustain it, it's not going to work. But yeah. what we have here is sustainability. I, I think so, too. And yeah. I think, what do you think, Mel, for the differences between then and now, do you see what areas here do you think are going to grow while we're still, even if we're in a technical recession or anything like that, where do you see growth in this area? I think it's still Wake County. I think anywhere generally Wake County. Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I mean, I would live in Pittsburgh tomorrow. It's such a beautiful place, but to get back to town, you sure. know, it's it, it's so far out, really. But Chapel Hill, so Orange County, you know, the taxes are always a little bit higher over there, but it's a beautiful place to live. So between there and I'd say Wake County, I think the smaller, you know, Harnett County and Clayton, Johnson County, I feel like the growth is there, but I don't think it's as much as you're going to see in, in Wake County. 
So Carrie always does well. Holly's probably like within a radius of what RTP. I think so. I, I do. I and mean, we saw a huge growth. What in Holly Springs in the last two years, oh just from gosh. that growth, Super right? Imagine too. the last 10 years. Right. It's been crazy. Yeah. Insane. I mean, we have the hospital there. There's so many different things that are coming, you know, to that area. And then as people can't afford, you know, Holly Springs, it pushes people out to Fuquay and then to Willow Springs. And then it kind of just mm-hmm. circles back around. Even Garner's had a huge increase. I feel like in the last couple of years, of once growth. the infrastructure that 540 loop yeah, too, that's I think everybody. That that's why Clayton, Clayton boomed too yeah, because absolutely. the 540. Yeah, because the I traffic agree. in and out of Clayton on 70, that's what people's drawback oh, is yeah. to Clayton oh, is yeah, 42. Right, it's sitting in that traffic. But I think Raleigh itself, like North Raleigh, Wake Forest has been growing as well. I Which think which kind of surprises me because when I first started in real estate, Wake Forest was going to be like the next big thing. And I remember we were looking at houses and we settled on Holly Springs and it felt like you were going into like, but Wake Forest ended up not growing and developing the way that I thought it was going to, even my boss at the time. And so it's interesting to see that now it is. You know why? Why? There's only really one way in and out of Wake Forest. Or 98. That makes it extremely difficult. But Apex, Holly Springs. Cary, Fuquay, it's super simple to get everywhere you need. Cary, Raleigh, it's pretty good. Oh, that's true. Super easy. And budget-wise, I feel like we can hit, you can start an Apex. I feel like Apex and Holly Springs are very comparable when it comes to budget. Maybe like 10%. I I always said it goes like 10% down. It's like Cary to Apex, Mm -hmm. there's like a 10-ish percent difference in price. Then you go to Fuquay. Mm -hmm. Then you go to Andrew Lillington, it gets better and better and better. But is, I always found that super interesting. But and from Fuquay to Apex, 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? It's yep. not going to take oh, yeah. you that Mom long to get there. Mom lives there. That's where our house was. And there's yeah. still people relocating here, right? Because we all have a lot. Absolutely. We have this growth from all this business. And so we have people relocating in. And we don't have people, as Christy talked about, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's loan fraud. There's always going to be some sort of fraudulent activity. But it's probably not going to be people that are, you know, getting 115% of their value loan. It's a lot harder nowadays to commit these types of frauds because the lending yeah. requirements have gotten much more stringent than they used to be. Well, that's the thing is they like once once it totally collapsed, then they lost money, right? Oh, yeah. Banks and, closed. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of banks closed oh, because yeah. of that. Yeah. And, and then, look how much the people made off of betting against them. That, no, it, right. it's true. Or was it the movie The Short or whatever? Mm-hmm. Oh, Big Short. Yeah. Yeah, Big Short. That, that's true. That was true. There's always people making money in every type of economy, yeah. which I always also found fascinating. Whether it's it's people that are investors, oh, yeah. it can't doesn't have to just be the housing market. But what do you, okay, so we are now, it is the end of December. We're going into the next year. We've already, the firm has sold over 300 homes. The team has sold almost 150 million in volume. The, the firm itself, almost 200 million. So we've done a lot of volume. I do expect it to slow down, but when do you both think it's going to pick back up? Or have you noticed that people have accepted that interest rates have risen and it's not going to totally self-implode and collapse? Would you guys? I'm starting to see adjustable rate mortgages again, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or the buy downs, right? There's and different buyers are accepting that. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I think if you have a lender that explains the buy down process, that that helps. There's options out there. I think that for buyers, you know, it's all about find the house you want. You can actually sleep on it now and say, is this the house oh, I want, true. right? Yep. Versus before it was like, before we get to the car, you better know what you <laughs> yeah. want. You either want it or you don't. Yeah. You see it online? You see it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Well, we don't know if it looks that good in person, yeah, but you better put well, the $2,000 down. Exactly. So at this point, I feel like people have the opportunity to think on it, mm. to sleep on it, to find the house they want. So for me, I had to tell my buyers, marry the house, refinance later. Date yeah. Get that, yeah, date your rate, <laughs> marry, you know, the house that you want and get the house that you actually want And people want need, yeah. they still grow out of the homes that they're yeah. in. They still downsize and they still relocate. Yeah. And they relocate in as they relocate out. And yeah. I still feel, now I don't know if this is true and these guys probably know more so than I do because they're out in the field a little bit more. Do you think that... So we already have a little bit of a housing shortage, supply and demand, but demand is cooled down. Do you think that the builders have shock with the last recession where they have slowed down a little bit more than they probably should have? 
And because of that, we're going to see a little bit more of an uptick in resale properties that are available. Or what do you think? Resales are definitely there. New constructions yeah. there. I think now it's the builders are like, can I buy you lunch? Yeah. Or oh, here's no. a $2,500 well, bonus that if you bring us a- so angry now. It, it does. Because we, we're providing yeah. the same value we did to our clients And they before. took so much commission from us when it was crazy. Right. And now it's oh. like, oh, we need you. No. Yeah. There yeah. were so many builders that not only did they cut the commission, in oh, my man, opinion, they but they cut corners right. when it comes to the construction oh, yeah. quality of the property. Absolutely. And their subcontractors were not good. Couldn't get no. stuff. And they did not care because they over extended their superintendent and I went oh my gosh I had so many nightmares and the agents worked harder for absolutely almost nothing yeah and nobody cared builder wise like they just did not care whatsoever and now those are the same builders that cut those corners that are trying to offer all this but you know a lot of the agents remember the quality that they offered their clients. There yeah. are some, and I'm not going to name names, but like we all know, and that's we why tell it's them. good to know I, they a ask good which, agent. Which, which place builder, rates where, and I let them builder, know. I know yeah. Mel lets them know, so I mean, we let them know. But what the builders are doing to compensate for what was going on, they're building more spec homes now. Yeah. Whereas they weren't doing that before. Yeah. Now they're building the spec homes because they found out once they've done that, it's yeah. more, I would say, easy for a buyer to see You're what so they're right. buying they go That's oh i like point. it and they'll buy it so they started doing that to keep their workers going instead of having everyone sit and waiting yeah because it's much more easier to sell something that's there than to sell a lot and create the dream that you don't see do you know how much your home is worth in the triangle area raleigh durham charlotte or the coastal regions of north carolina in this ever-changing real estate market your home may be worth more than you think. Fill out the free home valuation form on teamandersonrealty.com to get a no obligation, complimentary home evaluation now. Don't rely on computerized estimates or tax values. Instead, get a more accurate current market value. Go to teamandersonrealty.com today or call 919-610-5126. This year for, for buyers to oh get their house, gosh. one started at 7 p.m. Funny. And I had to sleep outside That's until funny. they opened at 10 a.m. Yeah. in oh the morning my. just to get a house. That was before that we slowed down when rates were yeah. still in the threes. And it was just like, bam. Bam, bam. They could not. They were building. Well, they weren't building, but they were selling spec yeah. homes. And they were just like, you either get what you get and you like it. Or, or somebody else you, will. Yeah, you just, you don't you buy a house. You didn't choose anything. Yeah. It was. Now it's back to you can choose a little bit, yeah. which is great. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I just felt like they were cutting too many. You know, you have to, when you're, I would rather buy a resale property if I liked the finishes yeah. rather than guessing on what you're going to get. Yeah. Because when they have these little teeny tiny samples, they're like, this is your countertop. Whereas there's really a slab that's going to go down. Like you just don't know what you're getting. Right. And I feel like, do you think, Christy, when you were doing your investigations and whatnot, do you think that people, the consumers, have become more educated themselves? Because, you know, everybody got a little spooked with that housing crash. I feel like the majority of the consumers are actually researching the loan types. They're researching what happened prior, and they understand that having equity in the home is very important because that is truly what most people, that is their their largest asset. And it becomes, it's a liability when you're upside down and it's an asset when you have, well, I mean, it's probably not technically an asset, but it's more of an asset when you have equity. Do you think that they have not only are the banks smarter, but the, the consumers and the lenders? Absolutely. Yes. I think the consumers are definitely more sophisticated and savvy than, than they were before. And I think, honestly, a big part of that has to do with the Internet. Early 2000s, the Internet's, you know, still kind of in That's a good infancy. point. There's not a ton of websites out there. Yeah. People aren't knowing to go online to research things. Whereas today, everybody. Where some of the lenders online. Google getting, plug. Where the <laughs> lenders were the lenders getting? Because I know appraisers are a little gun shy now because their license is on the line. Oh, did absolutely. you see appraisers and lenders kind of go down when you guys did your fraudulent yes. investigations? So one of the ways we were able to hold them accountable mm -hmm. was we had what was called an exclusionary list. 
And, you know, we are this the secondary market. So we are buying a bunch of homes from the primary market. We're buying those mortgages as, mortgages and servicing them. Well, if you made it onto our exclusionary list because we proved that you committed fraud. Wow. Your name is not allowed to be on any kind of loan we buy whatsoever. So wow. that just right out of the gate that that puts you out of it. You so there were probably yeah. some large portfolios. Oh, that, that had... A lot of these people would have had to change careers because, I mean, fr- between Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, that's that's everything, really. That the is. Of the mortgages. Yeah. So, yeah. So if, if, if you couldn't sell loans to us because it had that person's they couldn't make name any money. attached, forget it. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was a that was one of the ways we could hold those people accountable because it's very difficult to prosecute mortgage fraud. It happens. Is it? Oh yes. And we would we've given presentations what to is the it? FBI. More, it's hard to prove. It's also a lot of times it's if it's on small scales, you know, nobody wants it. The prosecutors don't want to take the time that, to investigate that. It's kind of like that. drugs, right? Exactly. You have to come up with a big scheme. They want the kilos of cocaine. Absolutely. They don't want a little baggie of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like glamorous like drugs are. Oh, that's true. You know, it's so more exciting when you're like, I found this. Yeah. This semi full of drug. And it, the value is, you know, $100 million. And now it's like, okay, they defrauded the bank yeah. and they made $10,000 right. or something. The other thing you had mentioned about being underwater and having equity in your home. Well, I think something today that's very different back then, even though we're seeing a housing correction now, the Case-Shiller National Home Price Index, which is like a benchmark for single-family home prices in the U.S. So for 10, over 10 years, they have consistently reported growth in home prices. And for the last four months, they've been in decline. So they've declined since June about 2.4%, okay? okay? Even if that trend continues and they decline more, 10, 15%. Mm -hmm. If you look at the history from March of 2020, right before the pandemic hit until now, mm-hmm. home prices are up 38%. How? You have a long way to go until you're going to be underwater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that is that's true. why it's like, do not panic. This is a housing yeah. correction. Yeah. It is not a collapse. Unless you bought in the crazy time. Then you just wait. Hold on to it because yeah, it will come back. hold on for a little bit it's going to come back. <laughs> it will come back. Yeah. yeah, I think 2024 is when you're going to start seeing things start to, that's where it might bottom out. Okay. You know, so a couple, like, like a year like, and a half. I, I think about a year and a half, you're going to see the correction have taken place and things back on a normal trajectory, mm-hmm. not the way it's what been What do you think interest rates? So year. what were the interest rates when you were doing your investigation? Honestly, I don't remember that okay. part. That didn't factor into a lot of it the way I think it factors in now for people, mm-hmm. people being able to afford homes because it, they were doing the adjustable rate mortgages. Oh, that's so true. And they're doing that again. Would have been as higher. As a lot of people are doing seven one arms because it, within seven years, they feel it's going to correct itself oh, back, yeah. which is smart, I and think. It, it will. Know? And I think, though, that people get panicky because interest rates have risen even at 6%. Historically, oh, right. yeah, we're it's still, still low. low. I bought yeah. my first been, house at five percent. Right. I got you two thousand and one. My first house, seven and a quarter. Yeah. Oh wow. I believe you had the same. It was completely normal. But like I tell people, if you had bought in the crazy, right? Yes, rates were you know three percent, three and a half percent. I get it. But you were also paying fifty thousand dollars at times over asking, sometimes more. I think I had a client at one point did a hundred thousand over asking, right? There's no way, even if interest rates are at 6% and they were 3% then and they're 6.5% now, $100,000, you're going to pay that less now. How, how long is it going to take you to come up with $100,000 in interest that you're paying? Right. The whole life of, you know, half of mm-hmm. the loan. So, yes, rates are higher, but you're paying what they're worth now. And now we yes. can get closing costs and we can actually get repairs done. Things like that, as long as you're, you know, the listing agent is going in with that expectation to, you know, a seller, hey, you're not, it's not going to be no inspections. You're going to have to make oh. repairs. You're going to have to do these things, we right? We sold some homes that were like, 
I remember, I remember Melody would be like, what do you think about this? I'm like, it's going to be great. Like, you know, what it was going to be fine. She was like, what do you think about this screen and porch? And I was like, it's great. Right, it's fine. Somebody's watched some HGTV. And I mean, I knew it wasn't anything crazy. And she did too. But it was like so funny because I was like, this is the perfect time to sell that kind of house. Because, you know, if you kind of did some DIY stuff that wouldn't fly now... People and you sold it then, well, then you're great. You're golden. Especially depending on like what neighborhood you were buying into, right? Because there are still some, you know, some communities that are selling really fast. Oh, yeah. You know, like if Definitely. a resale popped up and the right price point in 12 Oaks, it's going to be gone yeah. really quickly, you know? So I still think there are some neighborhoods that do still go really fast throughout the triangle. And there are still some that sits. But, you know, I just sold a house in... Harnett County and Anger, and great. It, it was a good price point. It was under around two fifty. I still had multiple six offers, and yeah. everything yeah. over. That's a good you know, price point. Mel, Mel definitely prices her list. I'm very cons- well. Yeah, I'm very yeah. conservative. She's conservative, but she doesn't leave money on the table. But that's yeah. the difference. Is there are some agents out now that overprice based oh, on yeah. when people were bidding these crazy numbers, and that's not, that was an artificial inflation right. of pricing. And sure, it's great when the sellers got in, they were able to sell at that, but now we're back in more reasonable pricing. But if you price it right, Let the buyers bid you up can the home, still right? Yeah. Right. get Absolutely. more than list. I go in with a very realistic expectation of what's your goal? What's your goal here as a seller? Are we, do you, can you wait? Are we, are we waiting on, oh, I have to move? I need to move tomorrow or, yeah. you know what, I, I don't have to sell. I can wait a little while. We go in with a plan so we know what, hey, what they want to do so we know what steps we have to take yeah. and how we have to list the home. And that's one thing that makes us very different is we have a very realistic talk. We don't throw a number and just hope that it kind of sticks Well, to the marketing wall. matters now, too. Because Desperation oh, has a price. There was some yeah. terrible and, marketing and a couple years to ago. sell right away has a price. Yep. I, I'm with you. I try and do the best I can to let them know, hey, this is what your home's worth. If they want to go way higher, than that, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I don't take it on because right. for one, Mission Impossible. it's, it's yeah. just going to sit Mission there. Impossible. My name's Love attached that. to it and I, I have five stars for a reason. I want to keep my five stars. Mm-hmm. So if you are on that, you know, spectrum where you're like, oh, my house is worth a hundred thousand more. I'm like, ah, Joshua, is there a difference not. between testing the market and saying, look, I really like, this is the number in my mind, but if we don't get that in X number of weeks, I'm willing to incrementally reduce Correct. it. Correct. Okay. It depends on how far, but that's what I'm saying. A hundred thousand. I've got something like that. If, like, they wanna, no if they want to listen, they will never correct their pricing. Yeah. Those are the kind of sellers that tough. you don't want. But if testing the market's different. If, if, I hate to be the one to say, I told you so, but I've had to do that so many times. <laughs> And I'll have some clients that's like, if it's 30 that they want more than what I think it's worth, you know, I'll work with them, but I'm going to let them know if we get this number, wow, you know, just wow. But I have a feeling it's going to be here. So be prepared that if we're not getting anything in the first, you know, few days or a week or two, we have to come down because I don't see it being right here, but you have to be willing to. Otherwise, it's going to sit forever. Well, I will say, though, that before this housing boom, the average days on market were probably about a month. And we were We're still seeing 32 days right now, I think four, five, six months on certain properties. And Mm -hmm. we still see that now, but it's not because there's something wrong with the property. Now, these are the ones that aren't grotesquely overpriced. That is something wrong with it. But it's just like it's the Mm. new norm. And I think sellers are starting to realize like if they're thinking about selling, they need to understand that it's not going to be you You wake up and you have 25 offers. I remember I did one. I listed one house to some of my past for some of my past clients and we had 100 showings within two days That's and I had crazy. 50 offers. Wow. And that sounds like fun. I remember, <laughs> you know, Joshua ended up being the agent that won. That's really- but he didn't really won. He didn't really win it. Until our first offer that we were about to accept, they got cold feet and they backed out. And so it was so funny because he had he had some crazy. I they must have been from the West Coast, but they had they were aggressive. And so, but it was just it was so amazing to me because I had to go to my sellers and I had to say, okay, you know, we're gonna have fifty offers. We, you know, we're gonna have some that are just super low, and I'm gonna send you everything. But let's only talk about the top five offers. You know, if we get six, though, that are identical, then we'll talk about the six. And so then we went back, we rejected, we countered, we talked to everybody. And that was absolutely insane. And they lost the key. We should have just done open houses. So I had to go to this house. 
I don't know if it was with Melody or Jennifer or something like that, but we like found it in the crack of, you know, how the staircase is, the banister and then the the handrail. Yeah. It was like in, it was wedged in that crack. Oh, well. And I'm like going through, like filtering through people. And I'm just like, hey, I got to find this key. And I'm just, it was in. Insane, but we we don't have that anymore. No, the yeah. the market over last year was insane. It was people got really it was spoiled. Wild, wild west. It was a wild wild west. People yeah. got really spoiled, and I think now we're getting back to a normalcy where people don't see it as normal. They go, "Oh man, you know, right? My house isn't selling in twenty minutes, like, yeah. and that's not and normal. That's not normal. That's, that's not normal. Not normal. We always yeah. did really good marketing for all of our listings, but there were some agents. There was this one agent, and I'm not going to name names, but this person listed this one house for a lower percentage. And this is during the boom. And they took cell phone pictures of the exterior and they they offered like 1% to the buyer's agent, but they clearly had like more for them. And they sold it before it was even active coming soon. And and I just remember thinking, you just... You left money, money on, on the, the table, table. those yeah. poor sellers. I, I remember this. Yes, I and I am still I heated over it. It wasn't even my money it was like that a was year lost. and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. But I'm I still like, like yeah. I saw agents yeah. and they, you know, ethically, we're held to a high standard. Yeah. But I saw some shady agents just like, I mean, there's shady people in every industry. Right. But I was mortified for those sellers. And one thing that I really am proud of is that we never, we never spared any expense with our marketing, even when we could have. Absolutely. We did not. We've Absolutely. never did. Yeah. Because, and that's mm-hmm. a thing to look for when, for any business, yeah. really, but especially realtors, like we could have gotten away with not doing any advertising, Nothing. any marketing, and we would have been just fine. But that's not what we want. She that's want the them we to get the most money. Our clients. We want to and we spend the most our money, money. Do exactly. our best to market their home and that's that's like a lesson learned, like who are going to be the ones who cut corners when they can versus the ones who stay steady, always doing that. Right we were thing. still yeah. doing staging in our yeah. lives. I was still mm-hmm. staging our own listings. It gets you more money yeah, if it absolutely. looks great. That's absolutely. the thing. That's where some agents work. They were just throwing a metal sign in the yard yeah. and we were still putting And I think that gives staging. some of the stigma for, for real estate agents. And so that's why some sellers are gun shy because they have to understand that we are not selling them in... 18 hours with 50 offers, but we're not sparing any expense and your home will sell. We just have to have that conversation that, you know, we're in a great area and we're going to sell this property for the most that we possibly can because any any product or anything that people buy, it's only worth as much as somebody's willing to pay for it. Of course. And so market value. It, it's market value. Yeah. And so we can't dictate that. And we don't know that 100% until we put it on the market. But part of its presentation, part of it's how it shows, part All of, of that it's matters. if the sellers what's, are willing to show it's it. your first uh-huh. impression when you walk into a house. If you see someone's got it all, you know, nice, everything staged and yeah. you've got the brochures and everything for them to take home. They get that first impression where they're like, wow, I really like this home. So when they go to the other ones and they look at just a normal little piece of paper and then they go back to the one that's got it all done up with the flyers and the pictures and everything and nice little description, that that sales. Those are things that sell. That's what's going to stay in their head. What do you Mm -hmm. feel like for me in television, being in television for so long, I only like watching shows that are in high def or 4k if it's not i get turned off by it because it's just not as crisp same well, thing you in know that they're saving crisp money because they're not oh, upgrading their cameras like a big not. company if they sell out and they start making their products that you've known forever to be amazing now it's not the same what are you going to do look for another product you're not going to go with them anymore so you got to do all that you can in home. So back on the fact that like, okay, we're in a little bit of a, a, a correction, as Christy yes. called it. And we're going into probably a recession. And so, but I mean, this, we're, they, in we have, we're in a recession. <laughs> well, they say we're in the beginning of yeah. it. We're going to yeah. be in 2023. We're in already. So we're definitely in a recession. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where we hit recessions every so many years. What would you guys do? We're going to start with Melody. So would you... Buy or sell a house in this market. And what do you tell your clients? Do you practice what you preach? I do. So I still look for properties. Because <laughs> I feel like Major. right now. You bought a mountain house, right? I did. I just bought a mountain house and I've been sitting on it and I'm just starting. And you felt yeah. like you may have overpaid for it, right? I think I've overpaid for it. I mean, a couple of years ago, those houses were selling for 150000 mm. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Did I probably overpay? Absolutely. But, you know, I just started running it out. I've. It speaks for itself on how great it turned out. But 
I'm still looking. I want a beach property next. So I'm still looking because I feel like it's the I'm opportunity. About that. <laughs> it's like the opportunity for me to be able to get a property at a reasonable price and negotiate because I can always refinance later. Yep. Rates are not always going to be high, right? Will they always be 2%? Not. But that's okay, right? Like I said, I bought my first home in 2001 at seven and a quarter, quarter. something like that. So again, it. But your house appreciated, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you it sold it for more than you paid for exactly. it. Exactly. And that's the whole idea. I feel like getting people to wrap their mind around what's normal and what was supposed to be normal is different because what we were in wasn't normal. So yes. And you you can't predict. It's like the stock market. You never know you if you're going to buy at the highest right. or buy at the lowest. And you don't know on the sale end either. Right. And you just have to just trust, like Joshua said, you're either going to hold it long term or you're going to rent it because yep. you can always rent a property as long as the covenants and stuff allow. But so you're also, you're looking for a home. You just bought a mountain house. You're looking for a beach house. If you can find the right property for you, you are, you bought, you bought the home that you're in now that you're living in a couple of years ago. Right. I built it two years ago. Yeah. And even so now. So you don't have a need, but I mean, you would. I would sell. I mean, if absolutely, I would sell. It's not that if I needed to sell it tomorrow, it's not that I, I wouldn't sell because I've gotten great equity and I, and I would just don't have that need. I just don't have that need at, at the moment, but I would still buy a property. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still better than me paying someone $2,000 in rent a month, right? So it's got its benefits to It doesn't change. And that's the thing right. with renting is it doesn't. And then if you wait and you own your home and you're like, I'm just going to wait for the rates to be perfect. But then prices appreciate. Then prices you don't are different. It, so there's never hit a golden hour of exactly. rates are great. The houses prices are down. It's not ever going to be that golden opportunity for both things. You've got to pick what you want, right? Do you want to get the house that you want and get your forever home and then refinance as much as you want? Because there are some lenders that are saying, if you buy now, you can either do the buy down or buy it now when rates you know go down, you can refinance for free. I've had a few lenders say that to me. So there's different ways, but the, it's still a good time to buy a home. And there's still people selling. I've got people- it's a great location and area too. Exactly. There's still people moving in and out. I talk to relocation clients every day. Mm-hmm. I still have people that are moving here to go somewhere else because they're retiring or people moving from one place to come here for business or family, that sort of thing. Because so many people are moving here, now they're family. The family, that's the right. Family. Mom and dad, now, grandparents. So I've just got a client now that I sold my house last year, new construction in Durham. And his family just called me and they're like, when I move because he's in he's up there now so now I just buy a house mm-hmm. so now you're going to have the family trickle behind them so and, and if you if you know you're going to be in an area for any given amount of time if you're not like I'm only here a year and I'm going to leave buy if you can renting is just throwing your money away it is I mean it is legit just burning money yeah when if you have the means to buy just don't overextend yourself don't overextend yourself and even if you can't afford exactly the area you want to buy in move another town or so out yeah. where you can afford it and then you'll still end up being paying less on your mortgage than you would have on rent. You could save some more money. So in a few years, you can sell that for a profit. Exactly. And afford buy to up. where you really buy up, where buy you up. want to live. Yep. But just renting, if 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 you have means to purchase, purchase. Because oh, definitely. you're just throwing money away. We bought in 2019 here when we moved back from California. I mean, I'm originally from here, but coming back, yeah. we bought at the perfect time. We got 2.7% interest. On this house, it's already gone up a three hundred grand. Mm-hmm. We we just we bought I think in twenty twenty in Southport in the beach oh, and yeah. rented that one out. Great spot, awesome. And then we just custom built another one down the street from ours. Mm-hmm. But I will say we contemplated on selling it because we have so much equity in it. But since my interest rate is so extremely low, I'm going to rent it out. Keep it because we have so much equity in it. What are you going to do if the first runner so tears low. it up? Let's hope they don't. But, <laughs> it but might be the next time it goes on the market. If I sold it, we're just giving away all of that potential you, you money see that how can, it goes. can go. Yeah, you mean, don't need that money exactly. to no. go purchase your no. second property. The Luckily, next I'm, one. I'm fortunate enough that I don't. But buying the next one, you know, if you were to sell now and then buy another one, just for fun, I would probably advise not to, because if your interest rate is so low that like mine, let's look at mine, for example, 2.7 and my taxes are way lower because I've got it at such a low price now that it's worth so much more. If I moved that one and did a lateral move, my payments are almost a thousand dollars more 
because of the interest rates higher, which you can always refinance, but I'm just saying in terms of right in a second, the interest rates are going to be higher and your taxes are going to be higher because you're buying at that price at what it's worth today. Whereas but I feel if like you don't nobody have moves to, for no reason. No, that's what I'm saying. If you don't yeah. have to, and you're just, oh, I want that one because of the countertops and rip your countertops yeah, out and replace yeah. those. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, stay in it until you can buy the one you really want. It's the rent upside out. or location. Build sometimes a portfolio. Sometimes it's schools. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. If you have to, yeah. then it makes sense. But if you don't have and to, And I feel like that's the bored, educated consumer, yeah. right? Right. That's, I've got a seller selling yeah. right now that they're only moving for schools. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's, that's a right. big or, reason right. to oh, yeah. do. That's a yeah. big reason to So they're have selling to in, a good, in a good area and they're moving just a few miles down yeah. the road, but it's the way that our lines get drawn. Yeah. So they funny here. Strange. They right? are strange. So it's like, yeah. yeah, you're in Holly Springs, but you're going to go to Apex Friendship. Yeah. So I think it's just, and then know. two years later, those lines are going to get redrawn again. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So really yes. We bought specifically <laughs> for a school district for my daughter. We are two minutes from the high school and they just rezoned us to a school that's 10 minutes away. Oh, wow. It's That's why we do advise her clients, like, don't buy for don't school. buy just for yeah. the school because you, you have no idea. Oh, some, of yeah. some of them are capped. Yeah. You have true. to call. They Apex Friendship, I believe, is capped. Cap. So you've got to call. A lot of the carry schools are yep. too. Oh, yeah. the Davidson High. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is such. Well, what's a tough is line. when you move in an area and that's the school you're supposed to go to. If it's capped, you're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. You got a long way to go to the next well, one. We've got sometimes, so many good so. options for it, private schools. Yeah, and private. Schools here. Some, they're building like, a lot of schools. Thales. Too, I mean, my kids good. go to Thales, and so we didn't love the school district we were in. We loved the house, and so we didn't marry the school district. And we also knew that our lines were going to get crazy. That's so we, we put our kids in Thales, and we've been really happy. And it's only a nine minute drive, so yeah. it wasn't like crazy for us. But there are a lot of people that. You know, whatever is important to them, they should do. The educated consumer, right? So they they know what is comfortable for them payment-wise. And they also know if what they're living in works for them. Sometimes, you know, our first home, it was tight, but it worked. But our backyard was like a cliff. And we only had a deck for our daughter. And so we wanted something with a little bit more space. So we made that choice. And so it worked for us. But I do agree that if you don't have to do anything then don't do it but consider a second home there are yeah. second homes yeah. too second home but, investments so this was fantastic yeah, awesome. ladies thank you so much yeah, yeah. thank you guys for here. coming and I'm excited to do more of these and people can you know get the serious side and then also have some of the crazy behind the scenes of what we do for fun because we're everyday normal people but I feel like we're all unique and we're exciting in our own ways so thank you Thanks for listening to the Tar Life Podcast with top producing mega agent, Erica Anderson. If you've enjoyed this episode or found the content to be useful or fun, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.teamandersonrealty.com. We are actively serving the Triangle area, Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, and the coastal regions of North Carolina. If you're looking to sell a home, please contact Team Anderson Realty to set up an in-person or virtual consultation today.